We speak so often of brokenness in religious life. Let us speak today of wholeness. You are welcome here, all of you. Every part of you beautiful, just the way you are. Here you do not need to be something more or something less. No holding back, no hiding, no exerting yourself, no trying to do more or be more. You have inherent worth and dignity. Nothing to prove here, nothing to prove to me or to the person sitting next to you or to anyone. You don't have to try and be witty or more quiet or more outgoing. You are beautiful, every part of you, beautiful, just the way you are. You do not need to change anything about yourself to be welcome here. Your skin, your hair, your belly, your limbs, your face, all beautiful, just the way they are. You are extraordinary, each and every one of you, different from each and beautiful in your own beautiful way. Breathtaking. Let us worship together. Those words by Sharon Wiley welcome us all here to Essex Church, home of Kensington Unitarians. We meet here each Sunday and at different times of the week to explore different aspects of life, delve deeper into our personally held truths and discover what it is to be human. So welcome on this kind of cold Sunday morning, whether you're here in person for the first time, the 201st time, or are listening at a later date via the podcast. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Janine, and I'll be leading today's service, kicking off this month's theme of rebellion, defiance and dissent, which coincides with the start of LGBT History Month. And we have a guest with us today, Rachel Sparks, whom some of you know from being taught by her during our inclusive tea dance, and hence the bunting today. And she'll be offering a reflection, bringing these topics together. Let us start now by lighting our chalice, as we do each and every week. The symbol which connects us to Unitarians and Unitarian Universalists the world over and reminds us of our proud and historic progressive religious tradition. We light this chalice to affirm that new light is ever waiting to break through to enlighten our ways that new truth is ever waiting to break through to illumine our minds. 
and that new love is ever waiting to break through to warm our hearts. May we be open to this light and to the rich possibilities that it brings. Today I'm going to tell a story about a girl who was searching for a porpoise. Now, you probably know um, a porpoise is a sea mammal in the dolphin family. Porpoises are smaller and shyer than dolphins. They are more difficult to find, but porpoises are very important. So there was once a girl named Amira, and all she wanted for her birthday was a porpoise of her very own. She wished and hoped and dreamed of a porpoise. She asked her parents and her grandparents. She told all her friends at school that she was getting a porpoise for her birthday. But her birthday came and went, and she did not get a porpoise. She was disappointed, and she wanted answers. So she asked her parents, and they said, Oh, Amira, we couldn't get you a purpose. That is something you need to seek out for yourself. Amira looked at her parents in puzzlement and said, You know I said porpoise, right? Like the sea mammal that's smaller than a dolphin. And her parents looked at each other and said, Oops! but you can't have a wild animal for your birthday anyway. She asked her grandparents and they said, oh, Amira, we can't get you a purpose. You'll have to figure out your purpose when you're older. And sometimes even adults don't know their own purpose. At this point, Amira was getting a little annoyed. I said, poor boys, poor boys. The sea mammal like a small dolphin. Her grandparents said, Oh, sorry, we misheard you. But we wouldn't have bought you a porpoise anyway. They belong in the wild, dear. Amira was fuming. Why had no one understood her when she wanted a porpoise? And now that she thought about it, why were the adults unwilling to give her a purpose either? What was a purpose anyway? So Amira set about finding a purpose. Over the next several years, she asked a lot of adults that she knew and trusted. Some of the adults said, I don't know, that's a really hard thing to explain. But some of the adults gave her some good advice. They said, Pay attention to the things you care about and how you can use those to make a difference in the world. You may not have a clear idea about it yet and your purpose will certainly change over time. But if you think about the things you value and how you can use those things for good, you'll be on the right track. So Amira thought, about the things that she valued and cared about. Things like animals and the habitats they live in. 
So she thought about the things she liked to do, things like learning new things and teaching those things to younger children. She thought about her heroes, people who were living their lives in ways she wanted to copy, and she thought about what was possible and ways that she could change the world when she was older. And eventually, after some time and work, Amira came up with her purpose. And the funny thing is that Amira's purpose didn't stray too far from poor voices. She decided that her purpose was to be a caring advocate for the earth and to teach others about conservation. And that's just what she did. So that's the story of Amira's poor voice. <laughs> Let's take a moment to get ourselves into the right state of body and mind to pray for a while together. To be fully present here and now in this sacred time and space with ourselves, with each other and with that which is larger than ourselves. I invite you to relax into this time of collective prayerfulness as we take the opportunity to reflect on our lives. Spirit of life, God of all love, known by many names, yet by no name fully known, may we encounter you in the in-between spaces of our lives where one hand reaches to touch another, you are there. Where eyes meet across the crowd and confusion and find understanding, you are there. Where the spark leaps from one mind to ignite another, you are there. Wherever we connect, you are in that connection. And when we are in the in-between, on our way from the intolerable to the unknown, when we defy the categories that small minds invent and dare to imagine something beyond, when we seek others who are on a journey, on a threshold, on the margins, in any of the shimmering intersections of our lives, when we listen to the possibilities whispered within and step into mystery with trust, with fear, with trembling, may we find peace, for we dwell in a sacred place. We gather today with hopes and dreams and also fears and wounds. And in a moment of shared stillness now, let us call to mind those to whom we are connected, near and far, friends and family, neighbours and strangers, radiating out across our beloved city, country, continent and the whole world, remembering that they too have hopes and dreams, fears and wounds. 
and hold those people in the light, just as we know that they are held in a larger love. Spirit of life, God of all love, help us to remember those who are not here with us today, those who need what we have found here, and those who have the gifts that we need. May we always be open to growth and change, to movement, to grace, as we encounter the new and unfamiliar on our journey through life. And may we be reminded that all things come and go, that today's joys and today's sorrows will in time give way to those of tomorrow, and that those of us who have strength to share today ought do so while we can, and that those who are in need ought allow ourselves to receive, for tomorrow those roles might well be reversed. Let us bless and keep one another in the days to come. So may it be. Amen. In this short adapted reading, the spiritual thinker Osho shares his definition of what a true rebel is. The reading will be followed by some reflective music for us to listen to. It is an old association and a misunderstanding that to be a nonconformist is to be a rebel. The nonconformist is a reactionary. They act out of anger, rage, <coughs> violence, and ego. Their action is not based in consciousness. Although they go against the society, just to be against the society is not necessarily to be right. In fact, most of the time, to move from one extreme to the other is to move from one wrong to another. The rebel acts with a tremendous balance and that is not possible without awareness, alertness, and immense compassion. It is not a reaction, it is an action, not against the old, but for the new. The rebel is creating the new world so that this misery, this, suffer this suffering, and this ugly society disappears and people can live more naturally, more beautifully, more lovingly, more peacefully, enjoying all the riches that existence makes available, all the gifts of life which are invaluable.
freedom, love, silence, truth, enlightenment, the ultimate flowering of your being, all are available to the true rebel. The hindrances just have to be removed. The old structures were creating more and more hindrances and obstructions against your growth. If the rebel is against those obstructions, it is to enable new people to live without fetters, to live outside socially imprisoned walls, and to live a life as free as a bird on a wing, as free as a rose bush dancing in the rain, in the sun, as free as a moon moving in the sky beyond the clouds, in utter beauty, blissfulness, and peace. The rebel is a totally different kind of person from the nonconformist. Never forget it, because to be a nonconformist is very easy. But to be a rebel is a tremendous transformation in your being.
We have some words of a poem by Kenneth Patton, which will take us into a period of silent meditation. During the silence, you might like to reflect on the words. Equally, feel free to think your own thoughts and use the silence your own way. After a few minutes, the silence will come to an end with the sound of our bell. So I invite you to get yourselves comfortable, put down anything that you don't want to hold on to, close your eyes if you wish, feel the sense of your feet connecting with the floor, and take a restful breath and enjoy the sense of release as you breathe out. I must live my own way, refusing all that binds. I must know my own mind among all other minds. I must do my own deeds and in whatever lands. I will know my own hands among all other hands. I must forsake the crowds and walk with lonely fools to seek for my own face in bleak deserted pools. I must leave worn old roads to walk on hillside grass to follow my own feet out into the wilderness. What shapes us? What shapes do we take? And what shapes do we make ourselves? I'm really glad to be here speaking to you today. Um, it was really so kind and, and honouring to be invited. Um, I come here fairly regularly now to share tea dances and um, 
Dancing is my background, it's my love. And so I'm actually going to be speaking and reflecting from the point of view of someone who has danced a long time, all my life, and has been, I've been learning how to break the mould of tradition in dancing. And I also speak from the perspective of a woman who does not like to uh, fall into the mould of society's expectations, shall we say. So I hope that I can bring something to this service today. I think by nature, as humans, we want to be loved and to fit in and to be um, part of a whole. And sometimes we learn something about ourselves along the way as we grow and as we develop, where we realise I'm not quite the same as the person next to me, or um, I want to be a bit different to what is expected of me. I was just sitting there reflecting, and I was thinking about the moulds, the mould, this whole word about how we are moulded. And I, think, I thought about, OK, so when, when we're born into the world, we're sort of coming into a shape that already exists. Society already exists, it already has a shape, and I'm coming into it. And I'm working out whether uh, I belong in it at some point along that line. And so this is like, it's like a jelly mould, it's already fixed. <laughs> and then, at some point, we may start to notice how we're being moulded. So, like a clay um, sculpture, we're being shaped by those around us, by our parents, by our caregivers, by our teachers, by our peers. We sort of start to change shape as those influences start to feed into us. And then at some point, I noticed that certainly in myself, more so in my teenage years, that I was like, mm, this isn't always quite right for me. This, this position that I find myself in doesn't feel completely right for me. It might be right for you, but it's not right for me. The, the moment I realised that was, I, I was trained as a ballet dancer and as a ballroom dancer, and it's all quite traditional, classical styles of dancing. And I was very, very good at doing as I was told. I was very disciplined in that way. And I was also disciplined at school. Like, I just learnt how to be good at what I did. <laughs> um, and that's not a bad thing. I think it was a good thing in lots of ways. But it also meant that I didn't always have autonomy. I didn't always choose the things I wanted to do consciously. And there was a moment when um, it, it was a very difficult time. My, my brother died when I was 17, and losing him woke me up. And sometimes losing people or something life-changing just wakes you up. And it makes you realise what, actually, what makes you think, like, what matters now? What matters now? And I was, about, I was 17, I had been training in dance all this time, and I, I loved it, but I took it so seriously, and I was so sincere about it. Um, and I didn't know if I 
I don't know if I really loved it for the right reasons. Uh, and it wasn't until I started to do contemporary dance, things that started to go, that tradition doesn't have to hold anymore, you can do what you like. I was like, whoa, mind blown. That was incredible. I was also at some point in my teenage years invited to start leading when I was doing ballroom dancing. So ballroom dancing is a partner dance, if you don't know. If you've seen Strictly Come Dancing, maybe you have an idea. So you have a leader and a follower. The leader is traditionally done by the man and the follower traditionally done by the woman. Now that's just the way it's always been. But why? <laughs> why? Um, it's, a, it's a heteronormative thing. It's, um, it's, it's just how it's always been, but it doesn't have to be that way because it's just a skill that you need to learn. So I, at some point, learned the skill of leading as a teenager, and I didn't know how important that was until now. It meant that I realised that I was not just someone to take instruction. I wasn't just someone to um, have to listen and go abide by the, 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 the rules or the, the instructions that were coming towards me. I don't, I think the rebellious nature was also nurtured from my parents as well. So like, um, they moulded me in that way without realising it too. <laughs> um, so I think something else that was, that was a big shift to me was that I recognised and realised something about my sexuality when I was at university. And that was another moment of, oh, I don't fit into another mould that I thought I did. And it was simply because I fell in love with a woman and I didn't realise my sexuality was any different until that happened. And so there's another, there's another breaking out that occurred at that point. But I wasn't doing it to resist what society was expecting of me. It just occurred because that was what was true in my heart. And sometimes I find that we are um, not deliberately, but having to, be, in order to be authentic, we have to rebel somehow. In order to be true to ourselves, we have to stand up a bit taller, a bit brighter, and say, I'm, I'm a bit different. And how is this relevant? Um, I'm, I'm pulling some threads together for you. <laughs> I think what happens is we have, we have spaces that have traditional expectations and in, in, in society in general we just assume people's sexuality, we assume what their gender identity means about them or what they look like and what that means about them. And so in order to be authentically ourselves, we have to go, I'm different, hey I'm different, please don't assume these things about me. And, and instantly we become... Um, we're breaking a mould, we're pushing up against it, even if it really isn't in our nature to do so. And it's actually a lot of labour involved in that. And so the reason I've created spaces, I, I teach dance classes that are inclusive of LGBTQ plus people, and the reason that Jane and I started this tea dance here was to, to create spaces where people can relax to be themselves and not have to be in resistance to what is already existing. 
as, as much legislation as we've, we've passed to create equalities in this country, there's still cultural and social change that has to happen and that takes a much longer time. So sometimes we have to be the front runner, the forerunner and the people that stand up and say, okay, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna make this shape and you can come and fit into this shape with me or you can be a slightly different shape and you'll still be welcome. And that's, that's why we created the space that we create here for the tea dances. And, and there's loads of cake as well, so that makes it really good. <laughs> it just helps, it rewards us for the shapes that we're taking. And I also just want to reflect on why we also give to charity as part of, um, part of our tea dances. The, the charity that we've partnered with for the last year and we continue to partner with this year is Stonewall Housing. And they um, are supporting LGBTQ plus people who are in housing need. And they might be um, threatened by the fact that their parents won't accept their sexuality or their gender identity, which still occurs. You know, we feel like we've moved forward, but it's still occurring where people are not accepted. Um, they could be threatened with violence, they could be threatened with. Um, uh, being outed in, in places that they can't be outed in yet and, and there's all sorts of reasons why people need to have a safe space to live obviously it's a fundamental need we have to have somewhere safe to live so we support Stonewall Housing because they create safe spaces for people to be themselves and um, as far as progressive, progressive as our country is there's still, there's still a need there so I hope that maybe you can join us sometime, if not today, another time this year in the dancing. And you may find that you could learn a bit of leading, you could learn a bit of following and learn a bit about yourself and the shapes that you can take that may be beyond the mould that you thought you were in the first place. Thank you very much. Thank you for those thoughtful words. I've uh, been thinking also and um, have a brief, some brief thoughts to share about this theme of rebellion, defiance and dissent. The first thing which came to mind for me when we chose the name of this month's theme was negative ideas often attached to the words that to be a rebel or defiant is a bad thing that rebels are troublemakers, like James Dean in Rebel Without a Cause. I don't know what comes to mind for you when you think of these words, and I wonder if you were told that it's bad to rebel, or you should be obedient and always do as you're told, even if internally you question it. I wonder if you relate to the character of Kenneth Patton's poem words, which led us into the meditation, who needed to know who they were and discover their own way of doing things and being, to walk their own path into a wilderness, into a way they'd never been before, which isn't necessarily following the crowd. At times in my life, I've identified with that too, especially in my teenage and young adulthood. And teenagers, as Rachel also pointed out, can be very much labelled with these words as rebellious and defiant, as they aim to work out who they are. 
The well-known teenager Greta Thunberg comes to mind. She was probably expected to be a well-behaved girl who goes to school and focuses on her education, but her drive to act on something which was important to her saw her miss school in order to start protesting by herself in front of the Swedish parliament two years ago when she was 15 years old. Over time, as we've seen, this has led to a worldwide movement of young people protesting and speaking out about climate change and demanding that more is done to help reverse the damaging effects of it. If Greta Thunberg had stuck within the mould society designed for her, her strong and influential voice to fight the climate crisis would not have been heard. Her rebellion would not have been able to create the waves of activism that it has. Breaking the mould and defying parents, institutions and society's expectations can give rise to great things. Charles Darwin, for example, always had a keen interest in nature. However, his dad wanted him to become a doctor or a priest. He chose not to do what was expected of him, but to follow his own path, leading him to make huge contributions to science about our understanding of the evolution of the species on our planet. Both Greta Thunberg and Charles Darwin probably weren't trying to be rebellious for the sake of it. Like the girl in our story, they may have found a deep sense of purpose, genuine to who they were, and felt compelled to follow it, even if that meant expressing opinions that weren't commonly held. And I'm sure there are other individuals, well known to us, and not known to us, who've created change in their own circles, large and small. Their rebellion reminds me of the rebel that Osho's reading spoke of, the reading that Mark read earlier, and is quoted on our order of service. The quote says, the rebel is creating a new world so that this misery and this suffering and this ugly society disappears and people can live more naturally, more beautifully, more lovingly, more peacefully, enjoying all the riches that existence make available, all the gifts that life of life which are invaluable. Acts of so-called rebellion which make a better society can cause a chain reaction. When we see others going against the grain by being authentic, we can be inspired to be our authentic selves and in turn inspire others to be who they genuinely are. So next time I hear of someone being labelled a rebel, I won't immediately attach a negative connotation to it. I'll remember how much of an asset breaking the mould can be for the world.
And maybe you will too and break some distorted and harmful moulds of your own. So may it be. Amen. We close with these words by Kelly Asbruce Jackson to guide us in the week ahead. I send you out now to share yourself with the world. May its promise and complexity set your mind ablaze. May you hold fast to what your life has taught you. May you question everything. And when you have changed the world, and the world has changed you, may you return again to this place and share what you have learned with us. May you go in peace and blessed be. Amen. Amen.